Dane Hallett with us today. Now, for anyone that doesn't know who Dane is, he's one of the very best concept artists in the world. Some of his films that he's done, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean, Aquaman, uh, Alien Covenant, and he's just had his directorial debut. Dane, thanks very much for joining us on Conversation Hollywood. James, thanks for having me, man. Well, they're just a few lists of the films that you have done. Yep. Let's just talk a little bit about what you've taken away by working with some of these directors, these writers, these producers on these tentpole films in your career. As a concept artist, first and foremost, I need to sort of be the best um, sort of version of myself or make sure that I'm, you know, bringing the best of my ability to the table to, first of all, impress them and watch all the people around me to learn and hone my craft as a filmmaker. Not necessarily, it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily have to mean directing, but it's also just putting the whole thing together. So producing as well. I spent a lot of time with Andrew Mason who produced the Matrix films, the first three Matrix films. And um, I love working with him. And, and I have to say in terms of picking things up from these guys, Ridley Scott, George Miller, look, I, I guess it varies from person to person, but uh, first of all, uh, what I pick up, you know, from each one of them. But I guess as an umbrella kind of thing, what I resonate with is passion. And I will say every single one of those guys that I mentioned, and at least on any one of the projects that I had fun doing, it was with very, very passionate filmmakers. When you're talking about the passion and you have a smaller film in Hollywood, let's say a budget of up to one to three million, and the director can be very hands-on, can have a, a strong passion and keep control. One of the most recent films that you were working on was Aquaman. Yep. And obviously that's the opposite end of the scale. It's a tentpole film, budgets in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Yep. How much of the creativity process and the passion do you find gets lost in a bigger budget film? Awesome question, James. Um, a lot. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily true for Aquaman. James had a lot of control over what was being put in there. I will say that there's a lot of other people put in between the artists and the creatives, the creative heads, I will say, like James and the producers. So some of that stuff does get filtered out. But then other times I could get drawings directly in front of him or there were other artists that were in the offices right next to him and that stuff was translating straight through and I saw a lot of stuff either either from mine or my friends, great artists like Jeremy Love, uh, Eddie Taylor was on there as well and of course um, Ed Natividad and my friend Matt Hatton was a storyboard artist on it and uh, every one of us got some pretty awesome stuff in there um, and so I guess, I guess it's about chucking as much mud as you can at a canvas and then whatever sticks is whatever sticks, you know. But in the case of a multi-million dollar film, you can afford to chuck a lot of cool ideas at the canvas. And with a bit of luck, you're going to get a lot of good ideas still sticking. So Aquaman did have a lot of that. But I will say as a general rule, big films like that mean that you do get a lot of fun, awesome stuff just falls by the wayside. With some of these films, fun, awesome stuff that you have worked on, I want to run through some of these titles that you've worked on and I want you just to tell me which has been your favourite film that you've worked on and perhaps a little bit of a story about what went on behind the scenes or why that was your favourite film to work on. Sure. So, Jupiter Ascending, Mad Max Fury Road, Alien Covenant, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pacific Rim, Aquaman, Hacksaw Ridge, 
which one out of those is was your favourite film to work on? Alien Covenant and Fury Road. And uh, I'll start with Fury Road only because, first of all, I started off sweeping floors on that job. I was technically a labourer slash runner, but uh, I went on to make some hero props for that film. And that was mostly because the production designer, Colin Gibson, is, uh, first of all, he's an awesome guy. And uh, he really believes in setting creatives free and get the best out of them uh, doing what they do best. And that's exactly what happened. And it was a, it was one of those experiences where the leash was off. I wasn't being controlled. I was being celebrated for what I was bringing. There's a bunch of other excellent artists on there doing the exact same thing. And that's why, in my opinion, Colin Gibson won the Academy Award for Fury Road for production design. Um, and the Academy absolutely got it right in that case because it was meticulously designed. It was an absolute fantasy to be a part of. It took, I think, I was on and off it for about four years. I actually, I didn't go to Namibia. I stayed, I did Jupiter Ascending in the interim. Um, but when they came back to Sydney, I was back on it again and doing special effects this time. Um, so I would say Fury Road is one of the best ones. And also I went on to form a relationship with Colin. I consider him some something of a mentor to me as well. He's probably the most creative uh, sort of, he just has the most creative outlook and it's always exciting to me. I love talking to him. He's just one of the best dudes ever. Uh, and then, of course, next to that was doing an Alien film. You know, given that Alien is my favorite film, doing an Alien film was mind-blowing. Another another thing, that was another scenario where I was off the leash as well. Me and Matt Hatton were doing all this um, incredible artwork and... Uh, it was all being celebrated and appreciated, which as an artist, it just doesn't get any better than that. Just from your hands-on experience and obviously the amount of time that you're working on these films, yep. and for anyone that's listening, we're talking with uh, one of the best concept artists in film and television, Dane Hallett. We're going to get to, in just a moment, we're going to get to his director debut. He's moving into directing. He's just finished his first film. But just before that question, I just want to ask... What's the one piece of advice you'd give anyone that's working on a big tentpole film? And I'm, I'm saying that because you've spent a lot of time with these directors one-on-one -on -one for a lot of time on set. What's the one piece of advice you'd give them when you're actually communicating with, say, a George Miller or with a Mel Gibson or with a Ridley Scott? How do they like to be communicated with? Do you, or, or do you just deal with the first AD or the production manager? I'm lucky enough um, to deal with those directors, usually um, firsthand, which is fantastic. I just be myself. I... I remember one time I was working with Alex Preuss and we had a meeting about um, was some props I was doing and they were having this big meeting and I literally ran into the meeting with my drawings. I slapped them down on the table and I said, Alex, man, this is what we got to do. We got to, you know, I reckon this is going to be the coolest idea. And then Alex just goes, yep, that's what we're doing. That's it. That's great. And then after the meeting, the art director grabbed me sort of around the neck with his forearm and just said, I can't believe you just called him man. And I was like, well, you know, I, I feel much more comfortable just being myself. And I, you know, I don't have anything to fear by pretending to be someone else if I stuff up with my fabricated personality. You know, it's just much more comfortable um, for me to just be myself. And, and it's worked, it's worked pretty well so far. And so uh, I guess if I had advice, I would recommend that people be comfortable in their own skin and um they appreciate that sincerity you know mel gibson was the same thing uh, you know it's uh you know i was i was doing props and special effects on that one as a technician um but you know my encounters with him it was all just about just being a real person and not um i'm not there to try to get a better job off them or to suck up or to uh 
further my career. I'm there because I love what I do and they resonate with that. They really catch on to that. I want to talk to you a little bit about your directorial debut. Now, I've actually seen rushes of this film, guys, and it is tremendous. And even the trailer's <laughs> out at the moment. It is very, very good. It's called Rancor. Just tell us a little bit, though, Dane. It's your directorial debut. You've also come from a concept art background. Just the process in getting the film off the ground. Uh, it's also been funded by Crypt TV, which is connected with Eli Roth and Jason Blum. So it's got a huge, huge background of, of quality people behind it but what was the process to make it for you crypt has agreed to distribute it uh, which is awesome because um i only ever wanted to make films that jason blum would want to watch and so uh crypt tv is the brainchild of jason blum um and eli roth is the ceo ceo of crypt and so uh both those guys are big horror guys i'm a huge horror guy I, well i love dark films you know um and so I'm stoked that uh, they're on board with that stuff and hopefully we'll get to do some more work with them. But um, in terms of getting it made, basically, you know, I've worked in the film industry for about 10 years now. I've always wanted to tell stories. Um, and uh, being that I, I am a concept artist, it, it made it really, I guess, the easiest sort of part was for me to express or design a world uh, that I wanted to tell the story in. And so I could put together a document that, uh, you know, it's all my, my concept art and all this uh, information of what happens in the story. And uh, I managed to get, basically, I just couldn't be any prouder of the team I put together or the people that agreed to come on board. I had, you know, Odd Studio did the creatures uh, for me and, and with me. I mean, I, I was there in there doing it with them and they're an Academy Award-winning, you know, makeup effects and creature team. Um, I had, you know, one of the best gaffers in Australia, Miles Jones, helped me out. Um, I had, basically, I just had the, for a very brief period of time, Colin Gibson was production designing it for me, but he left to do another film. Um, so I had, you know, at one point I had... He, a, he left on good terms. Yeah, yeah he left yeah, on good yeah. terms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, but at one time I had, you know, an Academy Award winning production designer and a very good, you know, friend uh, helping me out on in, the, in that capacity. I had amazing support. I, you know, Mel Milanovic is, was my art director. I'd known her ever since I got into the industry. Super passionate people. Um, um, Lloyd Finnemore sort of did uh, all of the pyrotechnic stuff. I just, I just had the best of the best um, going into this and I was just really lucky and I'm just so proud of them and I'll probably never stop talking about it because I'm just so humbled that everyone agreed to come on board. I had an incredible DOP, Paul Howard. I, I just want to name everyone actually and you'll have to forgive me, James. And anyone listening, um, if you were a part of it, I'm really sorry if I couldn't say your name, but there was everyone, John Marsh, my um, producing partner, just just brilliant and I, I've got to be honest usually I think it's a tradition for directors to be really sort of uh, nervous about how their film looks or feels but because I've had such incredible people a part of it I'm I'm truly beaming and I do think that um I think it looks really great and I think um we told a really great story I had brilliant actors Travis Jeffrey and uh, Elaine Hudson there's only two of them in there and um Man, it was just amazing. So the process was a, a little bit long. You know, I wrote the script, I don't know, maybe five years ago and then refined it. You know, it's really hard when you're working on films because it's a standard 10-hour day. So you end up doing, you know, 60-hour weeks is pretty common. And so fitting in script writing and having a wife and now I've got a baby too is pretty tricky. But we managed to do it. Um, we shot it. We shot it in five days. 
it came together it looks amazing we're in post-production we're going to finish it in a couple of weeks uh and then it's going to be out in the world and uh, i couldn't be more excited i mean i guess i could go on and on about the process james i i don't know uh i don't know what i should zero in on or what would be the most important part but um well take us through a little bit uh because i can also relate to what Dane's saying. There was a, a time actually right before he shot where I said, hey, Dane, how's the film looking? And he said, well, we're just about to shoot next week and my wife's just about to give birth to our child yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're also looking for a certain part of the crew to, to make up. Yeah. So uh, the process was all or nothing. But what I think everyone would love to hear is just perhaps the process from going from script yep. to then getting Crypt TV to yeah, come right. on board with distribution and then just the final part, which is post-production, which is just a little bit of a summary about all those three particular parts. So, first of all, I uh, I had a friend that we had met. My my co-producer uh, had directed a film, and, and I co-produced it with him, that played in Palm Springs back in 2014, and we had met this awesome dude, Craig Blair, who came on board as a producer for this um, film, and Craig's actually the one, um, I think we're going to make a lot of sweet music again in the future, because he's just an, a legendary producer, um, and he is going to, uh, he, he's the one that uh, brokered the deal with Crypt. Uh, he saw the script because I had sent it to him because you were headed over there, James. And I was like, oh, look, I'm doing this film. And, you know, I got this guy who's coming over. You should meet him. And then when Craig read the script, he goes, I must be a part of this. And he raised some cash, bless his heart. And he flew over here and first they did it as well. And man, just like a just became a part of the fold without even uh, without even a blink missing a blink just an incredible guy and um so he really helped you know kicked my ass to make it into what it is um basically after i had gone through the script and i i did a couple of rewrites with with marshy that you know really sort of refining that script so that it actually you know made sense it's as, as a an artist i have a tendency to really labor the descriptions of things which is uh, can be pretty a pretty exhausting and lame read but luckily for me a lot of people said that that's what got them hooked because it was very visual what was the reason that crypt tv said yes we want to get involved was it the pitch deck was really strong was it the fact that the script was great i mean what was the feedback you got from when craig said yep they want to do it when um uh, the when they saw the, the pitch document, which I guess was probably a little bit more meticulous than a standard one, only because I just kept doing drawings for it and I just kept on uh, designing the world, you know, and it was pretty easy for people to read the script and inhabit it, you know. So I, it was all very positive. Once they had read it and they were just like, we want to be a part of it. And I had a book coming out at the same time um, uh, based on my work that I did on Alien Covenant with Matt Haddon. And uh, so when I was in LA uh, having meetings about this book uh, with the people at Fox, um, they were pretty excited. Actors and, and writers and filmmakers that want to get their film off the ground. Yep. And a lot of people say, oh, no one wants to make it. I can't get funding. And a real through line is that if you do have a script that is good, yep. rather than just sort of mass emailing it or dropping it as many producers as you can if you give it to a producer who makes the same style of film they're going to get the script and a lot of people have that same thing they write a comedy but they give it to a a very well-known drama producer who says i'll change this if you research a producer and i think crypt is a great fit for you guys because if you look at their filmography and you look at the style that they shoot and the style that you shoot it's, it's a great fit so i can see clearly that automatically they would have jumped at your work 
yeah. whether it be from the script, whether it to be your concept art. And that's, I think, that's a huge takeaway. Now, what, what about um, just in the post-production stage? Yep. First-time director, mm-hmm. what is the two biggest takeaways for anyone with their first director, whether it be a short film, <laughs> web series, TV show, feature film? What are the two things that you'd give advice? You know, first of all, I guess, save a little bit of cash. Having said that, the other uh, sort of important thing is to just find people who are passionate about it and I know this from being in the industry there's so many you know I mean there's a lot of jaded people that they they had dreams of you know uh, sleeping with Brad Pitt or um, making the next avatar but they didn't follow through for whatever reason you know where I'm I'm pretty relentless and pretty driven and uh, yeah I mean that's probably the only thing that I have over anyone else doing this kind of stuff is that I I can very machine like uh, you know so search resolution out, search out passion <laughs> oh absolutely man yeah that i i can't i cannot overemphasize that i guess it's a it's a point that i've made a couple of times in talking and the the truth is you you will find people who will resonate with you you know and it's like making friends in primary school you really like to connect on that level and i and i love connecting with that intensity with people uh be it their passion for acting or you know stuff that i'm not even necessarily good at doing or or have been involved in you know i when i find that spirit and attitude man i do not let go and uh and I guess that's why I'm actually here doing this podcast with you, James. Well, you, you're very passionate and driven about this kind of stuff. And so it's a it's a resonation that never really goes away. And when I find it, I latch on and, you know, I, I try to celebrate that stuff. So, I mean, it, technically, I guess that would count as one of the things to take away, I guess. I mean, I, you know, not giving up is a part of being passionate. All right. And, and I think you said the same thing that I was initially coming on to, which is the passion mm-hmm. side of things, which is... I think from what obviously goes on in the industry and, and you've got a really front hand view. I mean, uh, again, the, the movies you work on, whether it be Alien Covenant or Hacksaw Ridge or Pirates of the Caribbean or Aquaman, whatever it is, the same nuts and bolts essentially have to fit in. Oh, absolutely. And there is going to be people on some of these big tentpole films that get fired or they don't pull weight or they're just not, like you said, they're jaded. And you're going to find that when you're making your first feature film or yeah, your first oh, yeah. short film. And I think you said it yourself. If you're latching on to people that are positive and, and passionate, then that's going to often be the answer yeah. as opposed to just going back and forth going, well, I can't work if that person's not, not into it or I just can't do it. I grew up in a, you know, a relatively sort of poor kind of you know, background. I think it takes a lot of courage to step out into the place where it looks like you are going to fail and really try your hardest at it. You know, I mean, you could you could level out and do something pretty mediocre and be really good at it. And it's fine, I'm not knocking people who do mediocre things and or uh, who really enjoy things that might be considered mediocre because I, I take great pleasure in people taking great pleasure in things, to be honest. Um, but... For me, I really love the idea of swimming in very, very deep water. If you want to be, let's say, a, a great actor, yep. you can swim in the, the shallow end, which might be your hometown in another country. It yeah. might be. But if you want to get in the deep end, yeah. you've got to go to Hollywood. You've got to move to another country or you've got to move to another state or you've got to move to another area. And you've actually got to start putting yourself in a position where good things are happening because otherwise you stay in the shallow end for your whole life. Totally, yeah. Now... Our last question with Dane Hallett, Rancor, 
how long before it's going to be released? Yeah, it's it'll be a couple of weeks until it's finished, and then I guess it's up to Crypt as to uh, when they're going to release it. But I suspect, look, it's going to be in the coming months, that's for sure. So, um, I don't know, possibly June, July. They may even want to hold on to it until Halloween. Well, Dane, this time next year, can't wait to be sitting down and hearing about your next feature film. <laughs> Thanks, man. And it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks very much, Dane. Thank you. Thanks a lot, James. And thanks for all your kind words. I certainly don't feel like one of the best in the industry, but I, um, I do like to think I get to work with the best. So thank you so much. <laughs>